Good morning and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday the 21st of November and my name is John T. Warris. Now, stock markets in the US saw a strong start to the week yesterday. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with my colleague Mike Rauber. And now that the third quarter corporate earnings season has drawn to a close, I'll be talking to our head of equity strategy, Mathieu Racheté, for his take on the recent rally in stocks and looking at whether it still has legs. And we'll also take a look at digital assets and hear the latest from the world of Bitcoin from Manuel Viegas from our Next Generation Research Team. But before that, let's kick things off with a roundup of the latest market news. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Chanti. Now, US stocks saw a strong start to the week yesterday, with the S&P 500 up 0.7% and the Nasdaq rising as much as 1.1%. Were there any particular positive drivers of stocks here worth mentioning? Just to add to that, uh, small caps were also up yesterday, so it was really a broad-based rally. But uh, Jonti, to get to your question, there were really two positive performance drivers that I could see. One was a better-than-expected auction of 20-year U.S. Treasuries, and so the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield fell below 4.4%, its lowest since September. And you know, stocks like it when yields go down, not due to growth concerns. But of course, this also sent the U.S. dollar to an 11-week low and gold close to $2,000. Okay, and what was the other performance driver of equities you mentioned? Investors focused on artificial intelligence stocks with Microsoft and NVIDIA both closing at all-time highs. Microsoft benefited from the news that Sam Altman, the founder of OpenAI, this is the company operating ChatGPT, would be joining it after he was sacked from OpenAI. Although there are now reports that he may rejoin OpenAI in some capacity. So I guess the saga continues. And just a quick word on NVIDIA. The company will report earnings after the close today. The chipmaker is expected to deliver another strong beat. But investors will also be looking for guidance on how bad the disruption from export controls for its AI chips to China could be. Okay, turning to the UK now, perhaps. There, the Bank of England's Governor Andrew Bailey warned that the central bank may have to raise interest rates again and that food and energy costs remain an upside risk to the country's inflation outlook. Do you have any more for us there? So he stressed that the central bank is monitoring inflation levels and trends very closely. And really, his comments were seen as a rebuttal to views that the Bank of England will hold off on raising interest rates due to softer growth. Now, the pound rallied on the commons, and is, it is above 125 against the US dollar when I last looked. Let's move over to Asia now, and specifically China, where property stocks and property bonds are trading up. What's the news there, Mike? So perhaps to provide some context, falling property prices are a real drag on the Chinese economy. Every time there's a report that the Chinese authorities are preparing su- supportive measures for the property market, there is hope that it will finally stabilize. So today, Bloomberg reports that officials in China are drawing up a list of 50 property companies that would be eligible for a range of financing. And this should put a floor under the housing market, it is hoped. So the stocks and bonds of these firms are rising today, and so is also the Chinese yuan. And just to add quickly, uh, the private equity group Carlyle is selling its entire stake in McDonald's China's operation to the hamburger chain operator for about 1.8 billion. It's reaping a near seven times returns 
So a big win for that firm and its investors. Yes, that was quite an impressive return. Now, perhaps coming to the surprise election victory of Javier Millet in Argentina at the weekend, how have investors reacted to this? So investors cheered his victory on Sunday's presidential election as he pledges to overhaul South America's second largest economy. Now, with local markets closed for a public holiday uh, yesterday, Monday, US-listed shares of Argentinian companies jumped as much as 30%. Now, our analysts note that his reform agenda is both ambitious and radical in a very difficult economic environment. But his ability to govern is also a big issue as he lacks congressional support. So what to watch for now, our analysts ask, and they answered, the choice of economic minister will be key for markets. So it seems we've covered almost every continent now, Mike, I think. Uh, Perhaps lastly, what can we expect today in terms of data releases? So yes, uh, closer to home, Swiss exports dropped 7.2% in October after up being up in the prior months, it was just reported. But I must say that since 2020, this number seems to be much more volatile. And definitely on the positive side, Swiss watch exports rose 5.1% on the year. And finally, the minutes of the US central bank's last meeting will be released. Investors will focus on whether there were any indications that some in the Fed will still want to raise rates. But that's all for me, and back to you, Chonti. Great. Thank you very much, Mike, for the comprehensive roundup this morning. Thank you. Now, Mathieu, first of all, good morning to you, and thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, Chonti. How are you? Lovely. Thank you. Now, Mathieu, following the rather lengthy correction in equity markets that we witnessed from August until late October, equities have since rebounded and continue to move higher. Perhaps you could shed some light on the reasons behind this pretty sharp rebound that we're seeing. Sure. So there were several reasons for it. First, we had lower than expected inflation prints across the Western economies, which sent bond yields on a down path again and also pulled forward rate cut expectations by central banks. So this decrease in interest rates especially helped the growth segments of the market given their more longer duration profile. The second reason has to do with earnings. So despite of a rather weak start, the Q2 earnings season turned out to be a very solid season with both the beat rate and the magnitude of those earnings surprises above the 10-year average in the US, the world's most important equity market in terms of size. And also lastly here, the fourth quarter tend to be the strongest one in terms of return. So we also have strong seasonality effects that are fully at play. So we think the combination of those three reasons helped to explain why we had such a strong rebound in equity markets lately. So would you say that now is a good time to buy equities? And how would you recommend investors to be positioned for the months ahead, Mathieu? Definitely. So we think equities will continue to move higher until year end. So it's not too late to buy them now. In terms of where to invest, um, you know, so far the year end rally has been driven by quality growth stocks. We expect no change in that in, in the bull market's leadership and will stick with the winners which should continue to do well in an environment of slowing economic growth and stable to lower bond yields. So this means a focus on IT and communications, which also then implies an overrate in US equities. For those who want to buy some quality on the cheap, uh, we think defensives uh, do look attractive now as well after coming under tremendous pressure this year from high rates. Here, our preference remains for healthcare, European utilities, and also Swiss equities. 
When it comes to small caps, we'd rather use any rebound to sell them as the fundamental outlook remains quite challenging for that space. At some point in the first half of 2024, we expect an opportunity to rotate into more cyclical parts of the market. Why? Because we think by then investors should start anticipating the new cycle after the economy has reached its trough sometime in the middle of next year. Um, but we think we are not there yet. Great. Thank you very much, Mathieu, for sharing your thoughts with us this morning. Thanks for having me, Chanti. Now, next up, it's my pleasure to welcome Manuel Villegas from the Next Generation Research Team to the show. Good morning to you, Manuel. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, Jonti. So perhaps you could start by giving us some background as to what's been behind Bitcoin's recent price movements. Absolutely. So we've seen Bitcoin trading in the range between 35,000 and almost 38,000 for the past few days, with a little bit of increased volatility. Because several factors have been on the news. First off, on Sunday, we had Javier Milei winning the elections in Argentina. And as soon as the news came out, Bitcoin rallied around 2 to 3%, depending on where you were checking the prices. If, if you were in Argentina, though, prices were quite sensible because of the capital controls we have at the moment. At the same time, we had the SEC crackdown on Kraken yesterday. Prices had a bit of um, strain from this. We had record inflows to futures-based ETFs in the U.S. last week. We had the BlackRock filing for an Ethereum spot ETF. And we also had the deferral from the SEC on Franklin Templeton and GlobalX Bitcoin spot ETF filing. So the most important uh, thing we're seeing yesterday was this new race to the bottom in terms of fees for the potential Bitcoin spot ETFs with ARC listing an expense ratio of around 80 bips, which is 15 bips lower than BITO, which is a ProShares product. And it is the largest one in the US with around 1.4 trillion in AUM. Okay, now maybe you could fill us in on the current status of the Bitcoin ETF saga. Absolutely. So we are still awaiting a decision from the Securities Exchange Commission. At the latest, we expect one by the 10th of January. The 10th of January marks the deadline for ARGs and 21 shares joint filing. And the thing is, we expect an approval in mass. We don't expect the SEC to pick out a single product. We rather expect them to approve a cohort of products as they all share very similar characteristics in terms of the replication mechanism and the custody of, of these Bitcoins um, that constitute the product, right? So we're still awaiting a decision and, and nothing has changed on this. Okay, thanks a lot, Manuel, for sharing your insights with us this morning. And that brings us already to the end of today's episode. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. Now, if you enjoyed today's show and you're not already a regular listener, then please do subscribe and feel free to leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And do join us again tomorrow when my colleague Helen Freer will be back and it will be her turn to talk to more of my colleagues on what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. 
please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.